Facts first person. You can be me, you can beat me to the 19th hole. The 19th hole. You can be me, you can beat me to the 19th hole. The 19th hole. I'm at the 19th hole, fellowshipping with a few folks. My game was on, so I won by a few strokes. Cognac and a few totes. We gon' talk about our views and let the news post. Whether a hole in one or a triple bogey. Sit down at the round table, get to know me. Black excellence, living holy. Golf carts get driven slowly while we pickin' stogies. We at the clubhouse for another episode. The shoes I wear when I play day of retro. Welcome to the 19th hole once again. Uh, I'm your host, Warren Hardy. As always, I got my partner in crime. As you know, Mr. Jay Reed, the golfer bro himself. And we have a truly a very special guest. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna introduce it like this. First of all, Missouri City Zone. Fair <laughs> enough. Houston Zone. Miss Maggie Noel, how you doing this morning? I am doing wonderful. How are you guys doing? Oh, uh, excellent, great. excellent. Man, we thank you for taking your time out this morning to join uh, join us at the 19th hole here at Astogies. Uh, shout out to International House of Stogies, um, where we host all those. <laughs> and uh, man, I'm just I'm I'm happy to have you. Thank you. It's been a week. Thank been you. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there needs to be a lot more respect put on this young lady's name. I, I mean, I would agree. You know, a lot of people don't even know, and I didn't even know. You know, because I've, I've met Maggie, and it was a while back, and I went for a lesson, right? But this young lady was kicking butt, not around just Houston and most city, but around Texas, man. So, I mean, I, I know she's going to tell us more, but I just want everybody to understand that, that this is just not some lady who, you know, just happens to play golf. I mean, no. she was golf. This was like, she was Houston golf. I mean, yeah. she put us, I think you put, I think you put Houston on the map as far as golf is concerned. I mean, because we have other guys who are pros, right? But they weren't, they didn't bring what she brought. No. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, she'll tell Tell us about yourself, Maggie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you did a great intro. <laughs> um, so, like you said, I um, well, I grew up in Houston, Missouri, by way of Missouri City. Um, uh, you went to High School, right? Marshall High School. Yeah. I went to even as far back as Ridgegate Elementary and Krista McCullough Middle School. So definitely. In the trenches of Missouri. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, uh, you know what? Golf was just something that um, I started at such a young age. I was six years old, as far as I'm told, anyway. Uh, but it started off as a typical daddy daughter on the weekend, um, you know, adventures. And, you know, it was one particular visit to the golf course. And I started, I took my first swing at Herman Park. So shout out to Herman Park. Um, golf course, and one particular trip, my dad and I went. And by way, by the way, my dad was no professional golfer. He was no, no, nothing. He was just the average recreational, wants to go out and hit some balls type of golfer. So he just, he just loved the game. He just loved the game, and that was kind of our our bonding time, I guess. Gotcha. So one particular trip, um, I was hitting balls such a young age, but I was hitting pretty well for a little six-year-old little girl. 
And there was a gentleman that was hitting balls next to us, and he just started sparking conversation with my dad. And so while I'm hitting, they're on the side just talking. And he tells my dad, you know, she has a natural talent for the sport. You should just keep her engaged in it. Just continue to bring her out, uh, bringing her out to the golf course, just keeping her interested because as a female and being a minority, he already knew that there were, you know, college opportunities, scholarship opportunities for um, for girls like myself. So that just kind of clicked in my dad's head and was like, yep, this is it. <laughs> so literally every weekend um, we were on the golf course. Um, it turned into every Tuesday, every Thursday, every Saturday, rain, sleet, or snow. I was on that golf course. I was hitting balls. And eventually just getting into junior golf and getting into junior programs. And then from there on to collegiate. And then, and then from there, and then the rest is history. So that's how I got started in, in golf. So it's been a wonderful, wonderful trip because, I mean, to tell you the truth, if it wasn't for golf, I mean, I've been everywhere. I've met so many awesome people, played so many golf courses. And I tell anybody, if you have a little girl, just get them interested. They don't have to be the next, you know, uh, pro golf or anything like that. Just getting them interested and just having them being able to take those invitations when they're invited to go to the golf course. I think that's just so important. And just, I'm just so grateful and thankful that my dad did it for me. Absolutely. So, you know, we can get back to Warren's question, but, you know, I just want to say, like, what you just said about getting the young girls involved, and, yeah. you know, it could take them places. We had a young lady on the podcast, you know, and she was talking about how she had aspirations for golf her father got her in the golf right she played in high school she played in college becoming a pro didn't work out however she's the gm now over at herman park right right so i mean there's just so many opportunities that could come from it that are within golf and outside of golf so i mean what you just said is just is just spot on really yeah shout out to shout out to miss dutch at uh, at herman park um again she had the same similar story as you did and so you know that was going to be my next one of my next questions um, but before we get into that we typically like to give Reed a, a highlight as to what we're as to what we're smoking oh, here at yeah. Astogies. So today uh you know we chose Maggie have you ever smoked a cigar? You know let me tell you a funny story. <laughs> here we go all right <laughs> good question. Thank you. <laughs> But I didn't do it right. And I was just trying it because I've never, obviously, I've never smoked a cigar. I, I don't, I've, the only thing I've ever smoked was smoked sausage. So. <laughs> so, so when I first tried it, of course, I didn't know that you're not supposed to inhale it. Mm. And I, I'm pretty sure I had died in that moment. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I do understand. That right there is uh, yeah. there's something about the cigar smoke that is potent. It was cute, though. I was going to do <laughs> All right. Wow. Man. Yes, indeed. So what we're smoking here is called the uh, Rose of Sharon. How fitting. Yeah. And the uh, Rose of Sharon is a cigar by Southern Draw. The guy, Robert, at Southern Draw, you know, he made this specifically for his wife. So she had a hand in the blend. And, uh, you know, it's an Ecuadorian wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. It's a... To me, it's like a perfect breakfast cigar. And like for somebody who's never smoked or someone who doesn't smoke often, when they come in and they, they want to try a cigar, you know, I always recommend the Rose of Sharon because to me, it's like the perfect cigar for a seasoned aficionado to smoke in the morning, for a novice to smoke because it's really mild, but it has some really good flavors. And to me, it pairs well with coffee. It pairs well with tea. 
if you just want to drink water, or some people just like chocolate milk, whatever it is. You know. You failed to mention mimosa. What about mimosas? Oh yes, a mimosa. See. Okay. Oh man, <laughs> that's why we have Maggie on the show. <laughs> Some new ideas right there. We're gonna start doing Oscar's brunch. We gotta get you in. <laughs> we gotta get you in. Maybe you, yeah. host, maybe you can host. Maybe the 19th hole Oscar's brunch. Ah. <laughs> I like that. But uh, back to you now. <laughs> Um, so after college, um, were, I mean, were you playing pro or were you teaching as a, as a professional? Which one? I couldn't, I, I want to hear from you. Timeline goes. Yeah. <laughs> after I, um, so rewind a little bit. When I was in college, I had, um, developed what's called the yips. And what the yips are is basically just um, just. Oh, Ron, Ron knows what the yips are. <laughs> oh, okay. So then they're here. So I developed, mind you, and I've been playing golf since I was six years old. So when I got to college, I was like, "What is this? Like, I've never ever been nervous, so nervous over such a short putt ever in my life that it was so foreign to me that I didn't know what it was to even address it properly at that time." Yeah. It got worse and it got worse and it got worse to the point where I eventually had to get on medication for it. Basically, um, anti-anxiety medication. Um, it helped, but eventually I started kind of, you know, needing more, just kind of becoming dependent on it. And so I just decided at that point, after I made my last putt conference my senior year, that, you know what, I think I want to give golf a rest because it was just a very dark and depressing time for me for something that I knew you know, my whole life is now kind of felt like I was being betrayed. Like, how's my body in this game that I've been my whole life now against me? So after I played my, my conference um, tournament in college, I took a year off and decided I didn't want to play anymore. I was kind of over it. I was mentally and emotionally just kind of done with golf at that point. So after thinking about it, I came back and I played in the Texas Women's State Amateur Championship, which I somehow won, <laughs> and it's still kind of surprising to me how I won that, because I literally had no drugs in sight, I literally had no <laughs> no medication anywhere, so I was literally still kind of having those shaky moments, barely made the cut into the match play, somehow won it, but hey, I did. Um, after I played in that tournament, it kind of gave me a little bit of like gas to like really give the tour a try. And I did because I had backing. I had sponsors at that point from winning that tournament, thankfully. Played in some mini tours. So that's when I kind of turned pro at that point. Started playing mini tours. I was playing in um, Arizona and in Florida a lot. Still having some issues with the shakiness. Um, it got to the point where I did try to qualify for the LPGA. One bad hole messed up my entire opportunity. So I decided at that point, you know what, maybe let me try being on the other side of the ropes and going to teaching mm. because I know the skill. I know the sport. I know the swing. I trained with the best in the country. Um, I knew a lot of the information about the swing and I had an eye for teaching and I, you know, I had a way of teaching with my students that they just kind of got it. I mean, Reed can tell you. So absolutely. I was gonna say I was gonna say I don't think Reed got it. <laughs> <laughs> that was so long ago. So I won't, I won't say that. Listen, I will say this. I remember that lesson. This is when she was at you at Top Golf, correct? Yeah, that's my first med bank. She was at Top Golf, and uh, I can tell you, man, I have never hit my irons like that ever in my life. Yeah, I mean, she had me hitting those irons. But I was like, well, can we go drop? No, we are gonna work on these irons. 
And right. then, I'm telling you, man, it was a thing of beauty. Because <laughs> you know, I don't hit a drum. No. She had me hitting a baby draw. She said, if you trust me, you can do this, you do that. You're going to get more distance. Yeah. You're going to see that thing start to turn over. And, you know, but that's why, that's why I think it's going down real, real slow. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's why I think it's important for people to not... To, to maybe get lessons more than just like once, right? Yeah. Like I remember reaching back out to her and I was like, "Hey, man, I need some more lessons, man." What you? She's like, "Nah, bro, I'm up here now, man. We're doing we're doing some bigger things." I was like, "Gosh, are you sure? <laughs> Come on, Maggie, please, please." <laughs> so, but yeah, man, Maggie, great teacher, man, great teacher. So then you so continue the timeline. So you so you went over in the in the teaching for a while. So I went into teaching. Uh, my first teaching gig was at. Um, was at Top Golf, so that was the first place that I started teaching. Actually, I was the very first female golf instructor for their entire company. You know, they started over the over the waters over in UK, and now right. that was pretty dope. And did some really really cool things with Top Golf. Um, then I went and taught at uh, Golf Tech. Um, golf Tech was cool, but I'm one of those people. I'm not very technical in terms of like numbers. Yeah. In fact, I don't like numbers. I don't like math. I don't like, I don't even like reading instructions. You can ask my job. <laughs> if it comes with instructions, I can't, I don't want to, I don't even like to read a menu. At a so you don't shop at Ikea then? I, I, no, not at all. I got assembly, no, like, I, I, I'm not a very technical person, so, um, and that's what golf tech is, you know, they, they do their lessons based on numbers and technicalities that I just could not, I, to this day, I still don't even know what all those numbers meant, so, um, but after then, after that, I went to um, this place called Swanson's, uh, he was over at uh, Cyprus, it was a golf course in Cyprus that I would drive to, and then he had his own location, so I started giving golf lessons over there, and I enjoyed that because it was on a golf course setting, you know, it wasn't at uh, Top Golf, it wasn't in a bay, you know, with with straps and and you're in a net. It was actually on a golf course, and so I really enjoyed that setting. And that is where I um, got voted by Golf Digest as one of the best in the country, a couple years in a row. And I just want to just toot my own horn and say I had a three <laughs> with our man Arnold Palmer on the cover that is definitely framed in my. So, um, but um, that is where I got that 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 title, and let me tell you, it's just been so awesome what golf has done for me, even on both sides of the ropes, on playing side and also on the teaching side. Um, actually, I just got an email from them again, trying to vote me again. I'm like, I haven't taught a golf lesson in five years, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take it. Yeah, we can we can change that. This right. week. It's amazing what what you know how the impact you still have in that world, even though I'm not in it anymore. You know, right. So now, so now comes the, I'm still on the timeline. This is a good timeline. So now comes the transition into microblading. So how did you get your feet wet in that industry? Because I was, we were, I was reading to where it was like, you got into it, but you were doing it kind of like, I'm just going to say like as a side hustle, if you will, for right now, right? That's what. Oh, it wasn't even a side hustle. It was a hobby, really. A hobby. Oh, wow. So you were teaching in, in between teaching you would do the microblading. So it's kind of a two-part question, right? So explain to the audience kind of what is microblading? Because I know guys. I mean, when I read it, I was like, well, I don't know what microblading is. What you talking about? Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then <laughs> two, and then two, you know, how'd you, how'd you get into that? What, what, what create, what, what sparked your interest to say, you know, 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a girly girl by nature. Like, I'm definitely a um, beauty. I'm into makeup. I'm into enhancements. I'm into you name it. Naturally, since I was young, ever since I was young, golf was just kind of something that, you know, my life was. So, but when I'm not on the golf course, I was a girly girl. So, um, it, funny story, even in like high school, I used to tweeze girls' eyebrows in the bathroom for like $5. I used to braid hair. I used to do all, you know, things like that when I was younger. So naturally, anything beauty-wise, you know, I was interested in. So it was one of my clients that was talking to me on the golf course. It was one of my female clients. And we started talking about eyebrows somehow. Don't even remember how we got on the topic, but she had hers done. And mind you, most females do not have perfect eyebrows. So I, for sure, did not have perfect eyebrows. I have very sparse brows, like crazy brows, very insecure whenever I did not have on any brow pencil or anything like that. So just a mere conversation just kind of sparked my interest in just getting it done for myself. And I was like, oh, please tell me where'd you go? You know, I love they look so beautiful. It's so natural on you. Still not really knowing what it was. Um, so I went and got mine done. And when I got mine done, I saw the difference that it made in me in that instant and in that moment. And so it just kind of sparked my interest into learning how to do it just for fun. Like literally just for fun, because I was already naturally, you know, into that kind of stuff. So, um, so I did my research. I went and found a place and got mine done. And again, I just wanted to try this on somebody like my friends and my family, because innately, that's just who I am. I'm a, I'm, I'm into the enhancements, the beauty, whatever. So I did some research. I'm trying to learn how to do it. So I flew all the way to California to learn how to do it. Came back, hit up all my family members. Hey, let me try this on you. I just learned how to do this. And I did. Now, I was not good by any means when I first started. Like, it was trash, actually. Like, it was like I royally messed some of my family members up. No wonder they're still mad at me, like, at, at family dinners and Thanksgiving. But I am forever grateful that they were my guineas. Okay. So I literally did it all on my friends and family, no matter how trash it was. To their friends and to their coworkers, it looked really neat. So all of their friends and all of their coworkers started calling me. Yeah. So it just kind of, you know, snowballed effect into a business. Like I literally, I when people ask me, I say I didn't choose it; it chose me because I literally got so swamped that I didn't have time for golf lessons. So the question came down to, because I kind of split it up at first. I was like, okay, I'll do golf lessons in the morning and I'll go and do eyebrows in the evening. But baby, those women were calling me for those morning spots. Yeah. And when I t my, my, my choice was, do I want to make, you know, $50 this hour or do I want to make $800 this hour? And so it became a no-brainer. So I was like, you know what? Um teaching less and less golf and doing more and more eyebrows. It got to the point where I had to hire staff. I had to hire people to come and help me. Um, I had no choice but to figure it out and start doing better and stop messing up on people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, you know, five years later, we've, um, we're one of the biggest permanent makeup companies in the Southern region. We have a team of four artists. I have an office manager. We've serviced almost 10,000 clients now. 
and we have a school where we actually teach it and we've taught several thousands of students as well all around the world clients from all around the world and there you have it <laughs> so <laughs> so let me, let me ask this question so so back on the teaching but not so much golf right mm -hmm. so you said you already had the knack for for teaching because you knew the swing you knew you knew that so when you when it when it came for you to make the decision to leave teaching golf and you said you had to hire the staff was it you yourself that started teaching the other ladies how to do the, the microblading process so you so, you never really left teaching theoretically no nope. every single one of our technicians have come through our training mm -hmm. so whenever we hire we only hire people that we've actually trained that's gone through our curriculum in our program right so another question did it because you because your life had had been so much about golf i i, I completely understand the the financial decision but is there like a, a part of you that said, man, I, I really, I'm really going to miss this since I've spent so much of my life doing it? Was you know, was initially, initially, because of the, the, I guess, the depression that came with golf at that point, when it came to the putting for me, okay. it was more of a relief. It was more so of a like a big sigh, like, whew, finally I can kind of let that go. I love golf. Golf was, I'm forever indebted to golf. However, I always felt like naturally I was more of a girly girl that was more into like beauty things. Yep. So it was an easier transition for me emotionally anyway. Um, but I do have moments where I do miss it. You know, I do miss being out there on the course you know, I don't miss the tan lines, but I definitely miss <laughs> being in that. I don't miss the bugs. You know, it's funny. I went out not too long ago and played, and I acted like a little press on the golf course. Like, I'm like, look at these bugs. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, where's the bugs? Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't spend, you know, half of my life on the golf course. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, just be, being able to travel and play different golf courses and seeing the views and the, and the sceneries with the water and the mountains in the background. Yes, I absolutely miss that. The competitive side, hell no. Like, I, they can, it's for the birds. Teaching, absolutely. I have a, a friend of mine who's actually picking up golf now, and I've spent a little bit of time with him, and when I do watch him swing and give him tips, I do kind of miss having that moment where I'm making a big difference in somebody's swing, and they're seeing the difference, and they're excited about, you know, the, the changes that they're making in the swings and the excitement of seeing their ball go straight for the first time. Yeah. So I miss that, and, um, you know, I, I, I don't have the time nor – the availability in terms of like where to teach. So I don't even have a home course or anything like that. So when people ask me, am I still teaching? You know, I can't, you know, technically I can't cause I don't have a home course where that's that, that I'm hired under to give golf lessons. But, um, I do miss seeing that, you know, at times and, and, and I mean, you really can't replace that in terms of, you know, what I'm doing now. So, but initially, emotionally, it was it was definitely an easier transition for me than I would have thought. But from time to time, I do have moments where I do miss it. Let me ask this question. So, like, uh, what you went through mentally, could you relate to what Simone Biles went through in the Olympics in any oh, way? Oh, 
Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think I was able to quit back then. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, uh, I got mental issues, and uh, you know, we did try to, you know, we did the sports sites, we read the books, we did the drills, but it was so late in the game yeah. that I, again, I didn't know what it was, and so I didn't know how to address it or to approach it properly. Whereas when I started teaching, that was part of my lesson, was the mental game, was the mental side of it, because I never trained on the mental side of, of anything, you know? Um, and so, especially with my younger students, part of the mental lesson was for them, and part of that mental lesson was for their parents. Yeah. <clears throat> the, the amount of pressure that they put on their kids these days. So I was very, because of my experience was very adamant about not just the physical training and the swing technicalities and things like that, but also the mental side of it. Because, I mean, the saying goes, golf is, you know, 90% mental, 10% skill, and that is for damn sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Hmm. Very interesting. So mental health is definitely, you know, kicked up within within the last few years. And I'm grateful for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so if so, no, so knowing what you know now, because you said you said you got the yips during college, right? So, so knowing what you know now, is there anything you probably would have changed or done different? Because you said the back then you didn't know. I what definitely would have sought um, um, yoga, meditation. Yeah. Um, just learning how to change my thought process. You know, learning how to erase my thoughts or how to zen out, if you will. Yeah. Because it because it was all purely mental. You know, the whole time I'm thinking to myself, you know, don't miss, don't miss, don't miss, and I can easily tell myself, you know, think more positively. But subconsciously, I'm still thinking, don't miss, don't miss, don't miss. So it was so too far gone. But yeah, definitely, if I knew what I knew now, I definitely would have adapted um, to meditation a lot sooner. Um, but you know, back then that wasn't cool. That wasn't like nobody was really talking about meditation. No, absolutely, yeah. yeah like, absolutely. what? Breathe? What? What is that? <laughs> so, um, yeah, and and that's definitely something I would encourage younger players to to um, to get into for sure. So, how do you? I don't want to stay on you know the mental health that long, and, I, and I'm not trying to dismiss it in no way, shape, or form. Um, but for but for young girls specifically here, right? Because I have a daughter, and she's always picking up my clubs, or she's like, "Daddy, daddy," you know. And I'm, "Hey, this is how you do it." Like I'm a teacher. <laughs> Believe me, you are. I'm not. You are. You I'm are. nowhere near. I mean, you are. like Reed say, Warren got the yips. That's for damn sure. Because I hit a bad shot, I can't let it go. I'm like, yeah. God damn it. That Blew my hole. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, we got we got cigars. We're outside. We're not working. <laughs> I mean, we are not pros. We're not doing this for money. Let it go. But how do you how do you train for the mental side? And how do you how do you tell a young girl, you know, look, you're you're young, you're black, you're about to go into this into this lifestyle that's practically white male dominated, mm. which is already more more pressure. Not just playing the game, yeah. but it just it compounds the level of pressure. Yeah. How do you looking back on it? How do you how do you train for that? How do you how do you help someone develop through those obstacles? 
Man, you know what? One of the things my dad used to always tell me, and, and it works too, you know, something even as little as, like you said, when you had an errant shot, you know, you kind of carried that, that energy the next hole. You know, my dad used to always tell me, even as little as just holding your follow through, whether it was a good shot or a bad shot. Okay. If it was a bad shot, you know, one, you're telling your body what you did right, what you did wrong, whether it was good or bad. Not only that, but you're telling the people you're playing with, damn, even though that ball went in the water, this fool's still holding his paw, you're holding that follow through like he's real confident. So you're kind of messing with them at the same time and also telling yourself, you know, it's more so of a, a muscle memory thing where I'm trying to register, yeah, my ball just went into the water, but damn, what did I do for it to go that way? So instead of getting mad, we're kind of changing our focus to what did I do in that swing and in that moment? Mm-hmm. Not carrying that, that, that um, bad hole with you to the next one is very important. And that, that's different from the yips. That's, that's definitely not, you know, in the same well, category. Think, yeah. But, you know, that has to go with your ability to let it go. You know what I mean? Like, I used to have to play three holes at a time. And my goal for every three holes, I kind of said it at the beginning of the, of the nine holes. The first three holes, I want to be even. The next set of three holes, I want to be one under. The next set of three holes, I want to be even. And if within that, I messed up a hole, then my goal is to try to still get back to even or to get back to whatever my initial goal was. So that way, my focus isn't on that hole, but on my goal still, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. yep. So... You know, now it's like, damn, I hit a bogey on this hole, but my goal in these three holes was to be even. So now my focus needs to be on, let me go and try to make a birdie on this hole. Versus, damn, I just screwed up. Now I'm pissed. Now I'm mad. Uh, uh, now I'm even screwed up for more, right? So I think always having a goal for every set of three holes was just always kind of what helped me. Because again, like if I if I had a bad hole, I'm like, well, damn, I messed that up. So let me go and try to fix it on the next hole. Versus, yeah. damn, I messed the last hole. So it, it's just you know things like that that can definitely um, help you in terms of the yips. That was more so of a fear of missing something that was so easy, you know. Um, and that was all self talk, self self-thinking and self-talk, positive self-talk. But it was so, like I said, so in-depth in my brain and in my cranium and in my body and in my bones to where it was so hard to shake it to the point I had to get on medication for it. Um, And so they helped. The medication definitely helped. But again, like I said, I started needing more, needing more. Next thing you know, I can't even walk down the damn fairway without falling over. (laughs) So that's what I'm I'm over it. So, uh, but I want to go back and I want to highlight something too, right? So you said that, you know, you kind of miss helping that individual with the shot, seeing them hit that baby draw, seeing them hit their iron straight. I want to say, I want to tip my hats off to you because you're still in the business of giving people that opportunity because you said now you're, you're hiring young individuals. You're still giving them an opportunity to make money, whether it's for primary or secondary reasons you're teaching people new skills to where they can want to go off and do their own thing so hats off to you because you're still in the business of of teaching and and giving people something that they need or or 
or wouldn't have otherwise. So I, I still want to say that you're still in the business, whether you, you realize it or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maggie's still making moves in Houston, watch. Maggie's still yeah. making moves. Kids, the ones that have kept on going are doing wonderful. They're doing great jobs. They've changed their lives. They are, you know, doing things that they otherwise probably wouldn't be able to do before they went through our program. So to see that is very rewarding to me. And, um, yeah, it's been great. It's been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful ride. So you could say, I mean, your overall calling has always been to give back. Because... And I have the biggest heart. I was to have the biggest heart, and I love giving back, and I love sharing knowledge, and I love to see people succeed and, you know, people living their dreams and doing the things that they want to do, whether it's hitting their first straight shot or being able to give the kid, their kids, you know, things that they never were able to before. So it's been wonderful. And I don't have children of my own, but, you know, one day, you know, I will – be very, very grateful for the things that I've done and decisions that I've made and transitions that I've made um, because in all of it, I've enjoyed it. I, I can honestly say everything that I've done, golf, permanent makeup, I've actually thoroughly enjoyed. Hmm. So what's, uh, so is it fair to ask, you know, so what's next for Maggie? Is it right now just, you know, keep your head down, grinding in the business, expanding, maybe going into another avenue of, of beauty? I mean, what's, have you, have you thought about that? Oh, I mean, and it's weird that five years have already passed, but, um, right now we are, we just celebrated our five year anniversary. Um, and we stay busy. I, I hate to say it, but and we've always been busy, but COVID actually made our, like our business even more, we're even more busy now. So it's just been so much work for me in terms of like the classes we're teaching, even clients, um, that that's just kind of been like the routine right now. Um, you know, we have our online stuff as well. We have our products that we sell as well. Um, as far as expansion, you know, I am thinking of maybe getting a bigger space, but I mean, where I am right now and the rate that we have, it's just so hard to kind of beat unless I see something that's like a phenomenal deal. Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of where we are right now, but, um, you know, we have an awesome team. Like I, we have a pretty solid team. It's hard cause people ask me that all the time. Would you ever think about opening another office somewhere? But the thing about what we do is that people want to come to you specifically. So regardless if I had an office here in Dallas, everybody wants Maggie. So, or everybody wants, you know, Chris or Anna. So regardless of how many offices we have, people travel to us specifically. So um, I never really saw the need to expand in terms of uh, in terms of that. But right now, it's just head down, grinding, and just trying to continue to change lives and take more time off. You know, I, I only work <laughs> now. It used to be five, so I took a day, an extra day off, so I can just relax and go play golf if I want, and 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 be out there with the bugs and and sweat and all that stuff. <laughs> Well, if you ever need a place to get away, you can always come to Kostogi's, you know, and I know you're not a cigar smoker, but if you ever just want to break away, you know, you're always welcome here. We'll, you're an honorary member. You have a private room. It's all yours. There you go. Yeah. So you said you played golf a long time ago. I want to say two questions. How did you do? And what's in the bag? I want, I want to know what's in the bag. Good question. Listen. 
I, I, to this day, my swing is still A1. Like, it's still, <laughs> <laughs> it's like riding a bike for me, honey. It is, it, it's still good. Um, I probably, without picking up the ball and, and all that other stuff, I probably shot a, a 74, 75, maybe. Hmm. Um, in the bag, I actually just ordered some new clubs at the, earlier this year. I've swung them like five times. But I got the the Callaway Matrix. Okay, okay. And I got Titleist Fairway Woods. I got the Callaway Driver, Matrix Driver. I got the, uh, the Queen Bee Putter. Some Titleist. <laughs> uh, and that's it. So I got a whole new set that that's just sitting in my garage. Only five, five times. But like you say, I mean, you're probably like now when you go out. Like you said, now it's the mindset of when you play now is com it's a complete 180 yeah. from what you were used to be, right? So you're out you're out there with friends. You're having a good time, yeah. drinking beer. <laughs> drinking beer. There you go. It's it's completely different for you now, and so it's 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 more about that time to yourself. Because you say you're trying to find time off. You're not dealing with the workplace. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, it's completely different mindset. So you you probably go out there and shoot even par and not even blink an eye. Not even blink an eye because yeah. there's no pressure on you. Yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah. Man, that's great. Yeah. This is <laughs> I'm telling you, golf is for a livelihood. It's completely different. And, you know, when you're playing for kicks and giggles and for recreation, it's so soothing and so relaxing and so much fun. That's why it's like, like, like Reed said, like, what's the point of like carrying all that, you know, negativity to the next hole? We're off. We're smoking a cigar. The sun is out. You know, we're getting a tan. We live in. Yeah. And then the cloud, yep, that, and then <laughs> <laughs> probably sipping on some brandy, some cognac, and just you know, elements. Yeah, that sounds but, about right. Yeah, but I will admit, it's easier said than done. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easier said yeah, than done. Yeah, that's true. And I'm so not on that level, but I love the game. I love to play with my boys and do all that. But I mean, you're with your boys. You wanna, you wanna have a good game. You wanna, you still wanna shoot well. Yeah. And it's like, still want to win. Still want to win. I'm out there betting Mark or something. I show me No. Yeah, you're right. Just let it go. Let's let it go. Reed, we're about that time. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I, again, thank you so much um, for dialing in with us today. Uh, if, you're ever, if you're ever in Houston, back in Mo City, uh, please. Please hit up iStogies, uh, shoot us an email. We would love to get out there with you um, for a nonchalant round. I know yeah. I would, Reed would. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you so much for your time yeah. today. But I do have one question. Well, you it. know, I don't know if you know, this is a serious question. Now, my wife is a therapist, uh, Soundhouse Therapy, and she wanted me to ask you this, this very deep question. What can you do with these eyebrows? Yours? <laughs> can you see them? <laughs> You have a lot. You need to learn what we can do for the hair right there. We do that too. We fix that. <laughs> okay. 
I like, I, how, you I, I like how you landed on that question. Oh, man. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Anything else? No, man, I'm good. I'm good. Maggie, thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank Once you. Once again, I'm Warren Hardy. This is my right-hand man, Jay Reed. Maggie Noel, she plays golf. Micro Blady Professional. Oh, hit her up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us what your your Instagram, website. How can people find you? Uh, yes, our company Instagram. We're on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Impressive Faces. Um, yeah, all of our information is there. Pictures, follow, email, message us. Um, you can also book directly on our Instagram page. Make it easy for them. Yep. Maggie, thank you so much. Thank you for thank visiting. Thank you. And uh, we'll do our best to hit them straight. Until next That's time. That's right. I'm at the 19th hole, fellowship with a few folks. My game was on, so I won by a few strokes. Cognac and a few totes. We gon' talk about our views and let the news post. Whether a hole in one or a triple bogey. Sit down at the round table, get to know me. Black excellence, living holy. Golf carts get driven slowly while we picking stogies. We at the clubhouse for another episode. The shoes I wear when I play, they are retros. I got reach out in Pebble Beach. Find cigars and some leather seats, and you can let us be. You can meet me at the 19th hole, or you can beat me there. Long as you know, you gon' see me there. Golf podcast for us. You can zoom in. You know where we'll be. Won't you tune in? Meet me, you can beat me to the 19th hole. The 19th hole. You can beat me, you can beat me to the 19th hole. The 19th hole.